0: Hey. Hey, hey. You're listening to audio. From Fairfield Church of Christ in Fairfield, Ohio. To learn more, get connected, or to support our ministries, visit w-e-r-f-c-c-dot-com. Peace. Who wants to sign up for peace? Anybody? Had enough of the anxious spirited? Huh, short-tempered people that we have to deal with every day and we look and see in the lives of people and we just see that they don't have peace we just know they're not happy with who they are they're not happy with the direction they're going they're not happy with where what's going to happen in their life i think about how much uh i'm excited about talking about peace tonight based on where we were at 365 days ago those of you who were at 11 o'clock know about that moment those of you weren't here just let me tell you what happened Uh, Last winter, pretty cold winter around this time, got around 2 maybe degrees outside, was that way for a little while. 11.15 about, uh, we got Jake and Heidi up here getting ready to talk, share the children's moment. I see Drew almost instantaneously step out of that side door right there, and as soon as he does, I hear a crash, a thump, and the siren go off here in the building. And unbeknownst to us, what was going on, I I mean, we thought it's a fire, and we're all kind of standing around not sure what to do and we hear the water running and what had happened was a a water main had broken inside the building and uh, one of the fire, uh, like spraying things, broke apart. And I'm not talking about a drip of water. Uh, there was a flood of water that was cascading down the side of that wall and the stairway, right down all of the stairs like we had set up a waterfall. And it drowned right down the hallway and all the way into the children's room. I remember Heidi looking at me after, after the fire department got here and we, we took everything. We're trying to decide what we're going to do the next day. If you remember, the next day, Christmas Eve would have been Christmas Day on Sunday. Day, she had set up the happy birthday party for Jesus Downstairs in the children's wing At the 5 o'clock hour in between 5 and 11 Before the explosion took place And she said now what are we going to do about the party And I looked at her and I said Well first, first off I had to answer the question Fire department are we allowed to be inside the building tomorrow This is a decision making moment The eleven fifteen service kind of stood around and said Are we done? Yes you're done you can go home It was then we had to decide what we're going to do the next morning was there going to be any peace in the moment? And I remember my human side wanted to say this without question. We will be closed tomorrow. But I couldn't. I couldn't say we'll be closed on Christmas Day, Sunday, a day of worship because of a water drip. I was not at peace with that idea. I needed somebody to say it was okay for us to be in the building. They so said you can, but you're going to have to have a fire watch, which meant we need to have somebody watch in the building, make sure it didn't catch on fire. And if it did, they come and yell at us, we'd it out which would probably be better than what we did with an alarm system. Most of us kind of start like, what should we do? Uh, get out. But it was two degrees and nobody wanted to. I get it. Peace is something all of us are longing for. And tonight, as we're te- talking about calling on him and finding out this peace moment that we have from the Prince of Peace, there's a lot of people getting, they need to get peace with themselves. And it's just, I'm, I'm telling you this, like, it, what has happened at, 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 what happened with COVID, I do not want to return to. I don't want to return to the attitude. I don't want to return to the moment. I don't want to turn to the argumentation. I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to talk about whose camp you're in and what you were for and what you were against. But we are still living the aftermaths of what it is that did to every one of us. And there are many of us who are not at peace. And we found ourselves not at peace since that moment. We're not sure exactly we could put our finger on it, but it, there's no question that it changed who we were people are looking for what we would say probably inner peace more than we've ever looked for it before in john chapter 14 verse 1 jesus said these words he said do not let your heart be troubled Hmm. do not let your heart be troubled and we're already talking about trouble that hasn't happened we try to invent trouble. We, we come up with more trouble than the trouble we already have. Like, the trouble we have isn't enough. We want more trouble than that. And there's an important element in the sentence that Jesus said. Jesus' word said, let, when he was referring to a troubled heart. And the problem for many of us is that he lets his heart, troubled heart stay troubled. I was thinking about all the stuff that, that we have to do about peace, and I, I can just tell you a personal side of my own life. I feel like I was just here. For some of you that were here this morning at whatever, 12 something in the afternoon, you felt like you were just here. But I want you to know if someone's supposed to be running what happened this morning and what's supposed to be running tonight, there's a little bit of lack of peace that happened in my life. And isn't it great that Brian has to speak about peace tonight to bring peace to everyone whenever he wasn't experiencing peace? I was letting my heart be troubled about what it is that needs to happen there was a, an illustration because a lot of times we, we have this moment happen to us where we're trying to figure out how we can get peace solved on our own there's a man who uh, told a psychiatrist every night when I get to, into bed I think someone is under my bed and when I get up and I look and see that there's not anyone there I crawl under the bed and lie down and I get the idea then that there's someone on top of my bed and this goes on all night up and down, up and down, it's driving me crazy you think you can help me doctor said, I think I can help you. All you have to do is to visit me twice a week for the next two years, and I think I can cure you. It'll cost you $75 a visit or about $7,500. man said, boy, that's pretty steep for a working, a working man. I'll talk it over with my wife and let you know what we come up with. Well, next week, the man called the psychiatrist said, thanks so much. I appreciate everything you did, but my wife took your price into head in her head, and she decided that she could help solve the problem. Dr. asked, how did you do that? And the man said, well, she cut the legs off of my bed so there can't be anybody under it anymore. <laughs> That's all we had to do? See, I want you to know that God wants to saw the legs off of your thing. He wants to saw the legs off of your thing that you worry about and that you get anxious about and that you let your, troubles, your, let your heart get troubled about. Isaiah 26, verse 3, um, Jake was reading tonight. And um, this is the verse It says, "You will keep in perfect peace, him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you." Now there's this Hebrew word in, in Hebrew. it actually is peace squared let me explain the word perfect peace whenever the translators were looking at it they couldn't find a, a, the right kind of word for it so they inserted perfect let me think why they put the word perfect or perfect in there if they couldn't figure it out but they did figure it out and it felt like it was a weird moment because the writer of the hebrew text actually put the word peace in the sentence twice and so virtually it reads this way you will keep in peace Peace, him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. And so when something is to be emphasized, it's occasionally repeated. When you want someone to know what it is going on, you say it more than once. Like they didn't hear it the first time, right? Like I say it and I say it again. And someone says, I heard you the first time, right? But we do this in French with the word bon. Those of you that know French, you know what I'm talking about. Put two of them together, you get bon. yeah? Everybody knows what bonbon is. I don't know what it is, but it's something... That, that's pretty special to get a bonbon. Bon means good in French. And so we say good, we say good, good. I want you to know I'm not a bonbon fan, but I get the idea of what a bonbon is. You want people to know what it is? It's good, good. And here we have, we have this text saying, peace, peace, I want you to have. Peace, peace, I want you to have. Perfect peace, I want you to have. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said it this way. Peace, I leave you my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, Jesus repeats peace as well. He says it twice in the same sentence. He says, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Where did he get that? Isaiah. Peace, peace. Perfect peace. Where's that perfect peace come from? As Jake has already told us, from the prince of peace. The one who owns it, the one who invented it, the great, perfect peacemaker is peace, peace. But then in this text, in Isaiah chapter 26, it uses the word trust. J.K. on it for just a second. But the word trust actually means to be careless with. To be careless with. Are you careless with, God, with what God has entrusted you to have? The next moment, the next moment, and the next moment. Um, in this afternoon and all the other things we needed to do, I need to go by and see Janet Barger who's in the hospital right now. Janet Barger, if anybody knows Janet, she just stresses about life. Everything, every detail about life. She's just worried about everything, not working out the way. So I'm seeing her in intensive care. And intensive care while I'm visiting her in the hospital this afternoon. She comes by and she goes, you know what? I knew you'd be coming today. And then all of a sudden she gets a smile on her face and I see her sister over in the, in the hallway or in the, on, in the other chair. She looks at me and goes, two thumbs up. It's like, peace, peace, you just brought it. All I did was step in the room. She was needing a visitor, and all the, uh, uh, went away. I'm just glad you're here. Keep telling people to keep praying for me, because we talk through the idea of trusting. Trusting is according to the mind, and, and this text actually says that. In words, the way is framed by our thoughts. The way you imagine things is met by how your mind takes it. So follow along in the text and note that it says regarding our minds. Our text says that our minds must be steadfast, and that word means to lean upon I need to lean upon, in a careless way, the Prince of Peace way of doing things. And I want you to know, your way and my way doesn't work. I know we think think it does, but our way doesn't work. His way works. And so instead of stressing out and worrying about the life things that we have that go on in our life, why don't we just turn to the one who brings us peace? He needs us to trust him. It means to be careless. It means to lean upon him without fear or doubt. You know, when I sit down on a chair in my home, I do so without reservation. I don't, I don't calculate it all. I don't schematically figure it out like, you see the chair over in the corner? I think I'm going to sit in it, and I need to make a plan one, on how I'm going to get there, and then what's going to happen once I sit down. I mean, i neurotic, I neurotic. I mean, I already am, but I would be even more neurotic than I am now. Like, I would have to think out, like, now the chair, I know it's going to hold me. Let's make sure all four legs are touching on the floor. And we do this OSHA thing before we sit down in it, right? Man, I trust the chair. And I want you to know this is the way that we need to trust the Prince of Peace. We need to trust him ruthlessly. He knows your best interest. Trust him. He brought peace to us, not so we could sing about it once a year, but so that you could have it every day. And he wants you to live in perfect peace. Because peace, if we're talking about ourselves, peace is where you find, and this is a misspell in my book, so you can correct me, you're not the only one, it's underlined in my text, peace is where you find okayness. It's not a word. Okayness. You know so many people are struggling to just make it be okay. I just want to be okay with my parents, I want to be okay at school, I want to be okay with my job, I want to be okay with my my decision making, my finances, what I've got to decide to do next, what's going to happen with my mom and dad, whether or not we're going to Disneyland in the summertime. These are are you okay with who you are? And if you are, you recognize that the Prince of Peace is the only one who can make you okay. He's the only one that can do it, the Prince of Peace. This morning, I talked about approval that we need from an everlasting father. And how, many want, how much we want an everlasting father, we just need our approval, like two thumbs up, buddy. Way to go, you're, you're doing well. We want approval as though we have not been given it. But the father's already given his approval over us. We don't need to earn it. We don't need to work at it. We don't need to convince him that we're okay. When we come to the Prince of Peace, we find okayness just by being next to him. In Luke chapter 1, verse thirty do 35, it says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Now, wait, let me read it to you differently, because I think sometimes we don't hear it the way I think it probably should be said, because I think the angel is reassuring her with a peaceful voice. So let me see if I can do it, because we don't, we don't hear inflection when we read it. We just read it, and we think, she's like, the ring do not be afraid, Mary. You know, it's not that, but listen to this. Listen, I'll try to do it the best way I can. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with the God. You'll you'll conceive and you'll give birth to a son and you'll call his name Jesus. And he'll be great and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give you the throne of his father David. And you'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be, Mary asked. fine and peace, Right. Since I'm a virgin, this is just not possible. It can't happen. How is this going to be? Where's the schematic for this? Oh, listen, the angel sinned. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's how it'll happen. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hmm. The Most High. The Most High will overshadow you. I think about that. Only one Holy One can make us overshadow the things that we see. Like he puts a shadow on the things that we make such a big deal about. Like we cast all the light on it and he comes and overshadows it. Wait, stop looking at it like that because we want to make it bigger than it is. How do you find this okayness that I'm talking about today? How do you find it in the season that you're in and the next season in your end and next week after you're packing it all up in another box or tub? Can you find okayness then? Well, this is the way that I've come to find out I find okayness with me taught it to a lot of other people, heard it again this morning from Jim Weaver as he closed the service, but here's the way that I teach junior high, high school students, and each of you to be able to do it. I am a treasured child of the Most High God. That's my okayness statement. How do I know that? Well, listen to these words again that was just said to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Most High. The most high is capital letters, most high. It's not like, oh, most, like little, most high, big, big letters, Prince of Peace, most high will overshadow you. And it's from there and other verses that we come up with this statement. I am a treasured child of the most high God. Can you say that with me? Ready? Here we go. I am a treasured child of the most high God. Now you can say that and not believe it. You can say that because I told you to say it. And you'll say it again because I told you to say it again. Would you say it again? I am a treasured child of the most high God. Why'd you do it? Because I told you again. I cannot make you believe it. I cannot. You must be okay with the statement I just made about you. You must believe it, you must trust it, and you must allow your mind to understand, I am a treasured child of the most high God. I belong to him, he has the plan, he knows what's best, and he gives me peace because I trust him in all of it. But then we get to this spot, in this last spot, this is where we get, like, finding peace from the peace, the prince of peace, and finding how we can give peace to other people would be how we care and love for one another, I mean, do we even give peace to the people we love the most, much less the people we kind of bump into? Are you handing out peace to people? This last one is the one that probably drives me crazy because it's one that, it's the overshadowing part of the entire world, that kind of command that Jesus gives us. Like, I want you to go into all the world and teach the gospel to all nations, to baptize them and to to make known who I am. We're supposed to be the the peace-bringing people. So how do we bring peace to a world? Let me read this one if I can, because this just happened this year. Hot on the news press, we know what happened. Oh, I just lost it. you got to be kidding me. Here it is. Here it is. Hang on. It's here. This is not my writing, but this is a writing of what happened in Bethlehem, what's going on in Bethlehem right now. I know. I didn't come here for the news, but I want you to hear it. It's a poem I didn't write. It goes like this. Christmas is canceled in Bethlehem. Christmas is canceled in Bethlehem. It's not going to happen this year. Instead of a celebration, there's fighting, suspicion, and fear. The visitors won't be flocking there. The pilgrims are staying away. No one is feeling safe enough to visit the place where he lay. The shops won't be making a profit, and trading will be very thin. Hotels and streets will be empty, and there'll be plenty of room at the inn. Christmas is canceled in Bethlehem. The town of Jesus' birth. It's a shame when you think that his coming was meant to bring peace upon earth. And yet he calls us the peacemakers. He calls us the peacemakers. I can't count on somebody else to bring peace to a world that's gone crazy. I'm supposed to bring it. I'm supposed to be a peace making bearer wherever I go. Whatever now I can't go I'm not I'm not I can't go to Israel. I, I wasn't allowed to go this year. Our team wasn't allowed to go this year. You know that. Because there's not peace in Bethlehem. But I want you to know that Jesus came to make the world right. He came to make the world right. A prince of peace brings order and wholeness into chaos of a world. And Jesus the Messiah is a prince that brings shalom. He brings order to the chaos of our world and chaos of our lives. And as prince of shalom, he brings our broken and fragmented lives into a place of wholeness and completeness. And he's going to do it with peacemakers to make it happen. Jesus told us that when you're a peacemaker, that you're your adult problem... Needs to be like a child. Bring your adult problem to Jesus like a child. How do I know that? Beatitudes, right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? For they will be called children of God. How are you going to bring peace to a world? Behave like a child. I know. I just gave you that permission, but I mean in your faith. Behave like a child in your faith, and you'll bring peace to the people that are next to you and the next people that you run into and the next people that you run into. And people will look at you and go, don't you get it? Don't you get it? You're supposed to be anxious right now. This is supposed to be, I mean, get uprooted. Come on. No. I'm supposed to be a peacemaker. And when I do, I start acting and behaving like that of a child. Like it can happen. Paul calls us that in Romans chapter 12. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Sounds to me like we have a job to do. We have a task to do. I can sit on my scruples and say, there's not peace in our world, and when's it going to come? I want to ask the question, when are you going to bring it? When are you bringing it? Do you find yourself bringing peace into crazy, anxious situations? Or do you add more chaos to the moment? Do you stir it up and make it happen even more? I want you to know that at one moment we can hate, but then there can be an automatic moment where we exchange gifts and hate goes away. Let me give you a description of that, and we'll be done here tonight. Almost 110 years ago, in 1914, two worlds met in an extremely unexpected way. It was Christmas Eve, in the opening months of World War I. And there had been bitter fighting between German and British forces. But listen how to a miraculous truce came about that evening. Most accounts suggest the truce began with carol singing from the trenches on Christmas Eve. A beautiful moonlit night, frost on the ground, white almost everywhere, as Private Albert Moran of the 2nd Queen's Regiment recalled. In a document later rounded up by the New York Times, Graham Williams of the 5th London Rifle Brigade described it in even greater detail. Here's what he said. He said, first, the Germans would sing one of their carols, and then we'd sing one of ours. Until we started up, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. And the Germans immediately joined in singing the same hymn in Latin. I can't say the word Latin in Latin of O Come All Ye Faithful, but trust me, they did that. And it says, I thought, well, this is really a most extraordinary thing. Two nations, both singing the same carol, in the middle of a world war. Well, the next morning, in some places, German soldiers emerged from their trenches, calling out, Merry Christmas, in English. Allied soldiers came out warily to greet them, and in others, Germans held up signs reading, You no shoot, we no shoot. And over the course of the day, troops exchanged gifts of cigarettes, food, buttons, and hats. The Christmas truce was allowed both sides to finally bury their dead comrades whose bodies had lain for weeks on no man's land. The ground became opposing, trenches ceased. Isn't it amazing how Christmas can bring peace to these battle lines, but they can't be brought to the sum that we create? Man, we need the Prince of Peace badly. I said this morning, that if we had a table outside, this is for anybody who wasn't here this morning. Those of you that know the rest of the story. If I had a table outside and I said, you can sign up for peace uh, out in the foyer. For anybody that would like to go, you can go sign up. Who would not be at the table? Who, who, who would choose not to say, I don't need it. I'm good. I got all the peace I need. Who, who's that? Because we're unpeaceful about something. We're not okay about something. And all of us are looking for peace somewhere in the middle of the battles that we have. And I want you to know that you, in the next 24 hours or so, are going to be exchanging gifts. Much like they exchanged gifts in 1914. Some of you <laughs> will reluctantly give a gift to somebody you don't want to give a gift to. You may have already done it. You've given a gift to somebody like, why are we giving that guy a gift? How much did we spend on that? Like, wait, you gotta take that back and let's get something smaller for them. They don't deserve that much. We kind of talk this way. As though we're not in World War I. We're not fighting guns. We're not killing anybody. We're just saying our peace. Oh, Our peace is not spelled the same way we're talking about it tonight. We give them a piece of our mind. A piece of our thoughts. And we need to exchange. The gift that we have. For a different kind of gift. Because even the Prince of Peace called us to exchange our gifts. Well, Tonight. We're going to do a responsive reading. We're not one that practiced this here very often. So if we don't get it right, it's okay. We didn't practice it. But hopefully you'll be able to do this. I hope I made it easy enough for you to do. We're going to read through this text that we have been reading through the course of this month. Finding again this babe that was talked about 700 years before it actually happened. I don't know you about predictions, but this was an incredible prediction. Not only his birth, his life, his death all predicted by Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9 is a text we've been reading over and over again. We'll read it one more Sunday next week as we close this series with, call him Emmanuel, God with us. What a great way to start a year. So I'm going to ask you if you would grab your candle in hand because you're going to need that in a moment. I'd like you to stand with me, and we're going to try this responsive reading of Isaiah chapter 9 together before we sing together, light our candles. And celebrate this moment that we call Christmas because we have the birth of a Savior. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. Here we go. I'm doing the leader part. You're doing the congregation part when it says all I'm reading with you. Okay, so you didn't make a mistake there. Here we go. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Then in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. Mighty God, Prince of Peace. He will reign on David's throne and over the kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, I don't know what kind of peace verse you need. But I can't think of a more appropriate peace verse for every one of us. In a few moments, we're going to sing uh, traditional songs that we sing around here. And uh, I'm going to light a candle uh, don't come up here and get your candle lit until I get mine. We're going to blank out all the lights and make it dark in here. We're going to sing a couple of songs together. And uh, through the course of the moment, we're going to raise our lights up a little bit higher. And what's going to seem as one small light in a room is going to ignite, if I can say that, the entire room and light up the entire room. Again, reminding us that we are peace-bearing, light-bearing, forgiving-bearing people. We are Nobody else is going to come behind us and do this better than we are. He's entrusted all of us to do it. And there's nobody else that will make peace happen if it doesn't happen in us. But we've got to find peace ourselves before we can give it away. Thank you for listening to audio from Fairfield Church of Christ in Fairfield, Ohio. To learn more, get connected, or to support our ministries, visit werfcc.com.